What's going on, world? Jack of all spades, CLT, back like a yo-yo. First and foremost, we got to shout out Jay Marlowe behind the scenes. Big up, Jay Marlowe. Oh, deserve. But I am the beloved one, DJ Spellman. To my left, we have the proud of actor, Ken Wabibi. This is proud of actor, Ken Wabibi. Shout out, Camarose. Shout out, Camarose. Camarose in it. To my right, we have Banks on the beat. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Banks on the beat. Blue Water Banks. Banks. Lord Whitfield, what you want to call me? Fat Boy Tires. 3700. Wilkinson Boulevard. Yes, yes. Know that. And today, our special guest for this episode is Mr. Matt Skeen of the Great Foundation. Peep shirt. Yep, yep. Just got these in last week, man. All right. Well, look, if you want to send us some, we'll support too. So, All right. yeah, it looks All like right. a cozy t shirt. Like, I see the, you know. That's a comfort. Yeah, you know, we, we, hey, it took us a while, man. We went through about 10 different samples, trying them on, you know. Hey, but you here? But yeah. you here now? Yeah. Y'all ready to go? Yeah, we're ready. All right, so Matt, you are the founder and president of the Great Foundation. You are also a Georgia native. So, what part particularly are you from? So, I'm from Stone Mountain. Okay, just, huh? just northeast, I guess, of Atlanta. Yeah. So uh, that wouldn't be considered Zone Six, would it? Stone Mountain is a little bit out outside. Yeah, I think it's outside. Okay. Yeah, it's Gwinnett County. Okay. So uh, ended up up this way. Uh, played football at Gardner Webb. So. We had a ton of guys from Georgia on our football team up here. So they recruited that area pretty hard. Nice. Uh, so. Okay. All right. Well, we start every podcast by giving our guests their flowers. And for you, through the Great Foundation, you have raised close to 9.4K to create change, donated 150 Chromebooks to, to schools. Personally, you're a husband and a father. Yep. As you just mentioned, Gardner Webb alum. And, Gar- and Gastonia Yard of the Week recipient. <laughs> Big up the yard. <laughs> yard of the Week recipient, you know? Hey, man, that doesn't come easy. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is the Yard of the Week recipient to let our uh, listeners man, know? Man, I, I honestly have no idea. We, we had a guy just show up and knock on our door one day, and he said, I, I live in the neighborhood. I'm part of the Yard of the Week, you know, group, committee, whatever it is in, in the area. And he said, uh, I just always compliment y'all's yard when I drive by. He said, <laughs> y'all are getting yard of the week. <laughs> so we just stuck with it. So Okay. Um, so how and why did you, Avery, <laughs> Jeff, Chris, George, and Stephen created the Great Foundation? So, you know, I mean, so first of all, all of us went to Gardner Webb together. And there's one more guy. He, he, can, he has not sent me. His headshot yet, Thomas Trudeau. Thomas, <laughs> Thomas. Go, hey, get him right. Headshot, we can get you on the website. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so all of us went to Gardner Webb. We all played football together, uh, with the exception of Thomas. But he he was very close with us. And um, you know, just to get kind of serious real quick, back when everything was going on in Ferguson, uh, I guess it was about six years ago now. I called up Avery and I said, Hey, man, look, you know. I feel a little bit of conviction. Like, I feel like there's something we can be doing uh, to help make an impact and make change. And, you know, to be completely transparent, during those times, you know, as a white individual, I would walk into a group, you know, if there's any any people of color in that group, I immediately felt like they wanted to know what side I was on <laughs> with what was going on, you know? Because I feel like everybody kind of wants to know yeah. what side of everything right. people's on. And so without getting into like verbal confrontations and disagreements, like 
you know, I said, Avery, you know, if, if we had like some gray t-shirts or some gray wristbands and just different things that would non-verbally show people where you stood on these issues, I feel like it could just de-escalate situations, you know, right. and, and we can go through a bunch of different scenarios, but you know what I mean? Like, so, so I was talking with Avery about that and, and, and he was open to it, but then the discussions just really kind of, kind of dwindled off and, um, you know, when the most recent incidences were happening with George Floyd, I called him back and I was like, Avery, look, this is still on my heart, still on my mind. Like we, we need to do something. And then, so at that point he was like, you're right. Like if not now, then when, you know, mm. like, like, like there's, like there's never going to be a good time right. to start this. So like, let's just do it. And so Avery and I started having, um, weekly video chats. Avery lives in California right now. He's originally from Georgia as well. Uh, but his, his work has taken him out there. And so he and I were doing weekly video chats and, and we just started talking about how we were going to build this and how we were going to do this. And I actually encouraged him to take on the, the title of co-founder, but he was like, man, this is something, you know, you called me about this. You called me about this again, five, six years later, like you need to be the founder. But so, um, and then we just started kind of building out who would be best served on this group. You know, we decided to have, um, you know, an equal number of, of black guys and white guys on the board uh, just so that way we had even opinions and, you know, we didn't know what direction this was going to go. And right. if you start voting on things and spending people's money this way or that way, we, we really just wanted to have, you know, equal representation from, from, from both demographics on that. So um, that, that's really where it came from and, and how it got started and, and kind of was the, you know, the groundwork for, for where we're at now. So you okay. said something that I want to kind of just get some clarity on. Yeah. You said you, you chose gray for a reason. So I'm, I'm thinking because it's black, like black and white so make gray. Media, yeah. 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 Okay. That's, so that's, I mean, that's okay. exactly where it came from. I think that's dope. Um, I think that's dope. And you know, that, that it's really that simple. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's not much more complexity to it than that. Um, and we chose spelling it gray with an E just for equality. Um, mm. and, and, and that's the reason we, we kind of designed out the logo. Shout out to my wife. It was her idea. Uh, shout out wifey. Shout right. out wifey. So. <laughs> hey, that's a good man. That's a smart man right hey, there. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about the Gray Foundation's mission, uh, and that is to promote unity in communities by advocating for equality through education and professional development. Why was Gastonia the chosen area? So, you know, the area chosen wasn't necessarily Gastonia. That's just like I was, you know, I'm the founder of it, and I had to have an address close to home. Okay. Thing, I didn't want to use my home address for the foundation, so just established a, a, an address close to my home. Um, but our our thought process is that this will have to start locally in the met, you know Charlotte and surrounding areas because uh, that's where the you know the majority of our board is is local. But then we you know you know shooting for the stars and and, and big picture here we would like for this mentality to spread you know and and to spread the footprint. We've got you know a board member that lives in Atlanta. We got a board member that lives outside of Charleston. You know we wouldn't mind. You know we we intend on spreading that message into the footprint of where our board members are at. Along with that, your focus is technology, mentoring, and social dependent meals. Talk to us about sharing the reasoning behind those things being the main three initiatives. 
Yeah. So, you know, we, we all, we had a lot of uh, open dialogue about how do we actually create change, right? I mean, everybody did the black tile on their social media page and then what, you know, right. you know, what happens after that, you yeah. know, that made you feel good for a day, but, mm -hmm. but then what, you know, so, um, Avery, uh, and I spoke a lot about it. Uh, but then it wasn't until we started actually bringing all the board members in and having those discussions about where and how do we actually create change. And so we, we honestly felt like for us that the education system and starting everybody off on an equal and level playing field is a, a, would be a great place to create change and to start that change. Okay. So that's where the education side of it came in. And then from a professional development side, um, you know, preparing individuals to be able to contribute to society when they're done with that education system. So, um, you know, we haven't really made it public quite yet, but we would like to kind of focus on that 16 to 22 year old age demographic. Cause when you talk about mentoring, that's a very broad topic. Yeah. yeah. People start asking, okay, well, you going to, uh, you know, are you going to mentor elementary school kids and spend more time with them? Um, you know, are you going to look at middle school kids, high school kids, college kids? Like, what are y'all talking about when you say mentoring? And that's some of the early questions we got after we went live. And so we've changed the verbiage on our website to professional development. That's kind of been the, the key term instead of using the word mentoring right. that we're trying to focus on. Um, and something else that's pretty cool is, uh, you know, since we went to Gardner-Webb, uh, we've been meeting with their uh, head football coach, Trey Lamb, and we even did a Zoom with the entire football team um, two weeks ago. And we're going to start rolling out a professional, develop to professional development program with the Gardner-Webb football team oh, nice. uh, starting this year. So, um, and what that's really going to look like is um, just to get started with them is to have – we're almost going to bring an alumni career fair to them. So, you know, go around the room with these kids and say, Hey, you know, my name's Matt Skeen. I majored in health and wellness here. Um, I'm working in healthcare right now. If any of you guys are, are looking to move into that field or that industry, uh -huh. here's my contact info. Let me know. I can help you get a internship or an interview. Big, right. And, and so that's where it kind of comes into like, self-responsibility, right? I said, preparing people to succeed uh, and, and contribute to society. We want to give them the tools mm -hmm. and then let them decide what they're going to do with it, right? It's, you know, it, it's less of like an affirmative action type thing where you're plugging people in to meet a certain quota or a certain number. It's more like, hey, we don't care if you're white, black, brown, Asian, whatever. We just want to put you in the position right. to be successful. And how can we do that? So that's where we're at with our professional development side of things. Nah, I definitely want to big you up on that because a lot of people don't understand just the, the machine of college. And it really, of course, you go there for your academics. You know, you get the chance to be crazy or whatever. But one of the biggest things that's underrated as far as higher ed is that networking piece. And if you guys are offering that, that's so key. Yeah. That is so key. So definitely big up on that. Well, well one thing we've also found is – we've talked to other guys that have played at other programs. And of course, like the university of Georgia's of the world have yeah. uh, so, some sort of association or letterman's club set up where they're helping those guys out. 
Um, but a lot of the smaller schools, your mid-major schools, your one D2, schools, D2s, and D2s, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. you know, my brother played a Division two school at Valdosta State. Shout he, out, yeah, and he and and they they don't have anything like that in place. Hmm. Um, Gardner Webb doesn't have anything like that, and these schools have been around for hundreds of years. You know, it's 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 amazing to think they don't already have something like that. Because one thing I told the the team the other night was, your mom and dad didn't send you to college. Uh, to play four years of football and then come back home and flip burgers. Yeah, of course. <laughs> They're putting you in that position to help, you know, get you to that next step in life. Um, and unfortunately, I know multiple guys that ended up in that kind of situation um, simply because there was no one there to help pull them through to that next step. So that's kind of our vision for that. Yeah, okay. definitely, definitely a good thing. So the Gray Foundation is a 501c3, correct? Correct. So a lot of people think that nonprofits and 501c3s are interchangeable. Right. But can you talk about some of the differences in the process of obtaining the 501c3 designation? Yeah. So, you know, and, and I've had to educate myself a lot on this, too, because this is my first experience with a nonprofit organization. Um, but basically, the, the number one difference between the two is anyone can start up, start up a group and, and structure it as a nonprofit. That, that's not difficult. But the 501c3 status is where the tax exemption comes in. So just because you're a nonprofit doesn't mean that individuals that make donations can write that off on their taxes. Mm -hmm. And so that's very important for a lot of people, right? Especially uh, people with wealth. They're, they're looking for the different 501c3s where they can make those donations and use those write-offs. Um, not that that's the only you know, group we're targeting, but you know, it's a, it's a very important aspect. I mean, that's just the world we live in. And yeah. so it was important yeah. to us to get that designation. Um, and we went for it and we were able to get it, I think mainly because of our mission and our goals. You know, we made that clear through the application process of what our end goal was. Um, and uh, it's not easy. I was about to say, I've been told it's a very tough process. So there's a lot of questions uh, on the application. They, they Sometimes you could tell they were asking you questions, similar questions at different points on the application. Uh, trying to trip you up. Yeah. And I don't know if that's their intent, but that's the way I read it. Um, but they want to make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. And you can't, you know, there's certain affiliations you can't have to get that designation. Um, can, can you elaborate? I just remember that it asked questions about churches. It asked questions about um, like specific school systems, uh, things like that, where um, you know you, you wouldn't be eligible for that. And I didn't do a ton of research into why those reasons were, just because I knew they didn't really apply to us. Yeah. Um, so, you know, those are some of the reasons why. And and I think another reason too is I was applying for this. I mean, I, I've been blessed to to you know have a full-time job throughout, you know, coming out of college, we had the great recession and then now we've got COVID and, mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to be able to keep my job through, through both of those time periods. Um, but it's not cheap. Yeah. Uh, you know, by the time we, you know, filled out the applications and, you know, did all these different things. I mean, we were in over a thousand dollars, you know, lickety split. Yeah. And, not everyone in the country that has a, a good idea uh, to do good and to start these things up, you know, those are going to become roadblocks for them. And so that was a little 
eye-opening for me because I'm sitting here doing this and I'm thinking, man, I bet there's a lot of other people in this world that want to do good and want to set things up like this. But the minute they get asked to submit $260 to (laughs) the state, you know, secretary's office, they're going to stop, you know, and they're going to stop dead in their tracks. And so um, that was concerning. Um, You had a post on the uh, Great Foundation IG page and and it reads, we rise by lifting others. Can you speak on that? Yeah, you know, I, I felt like that. So I kind of own our Instagram page right okay, now. Okay, well, we'll big you up there. Look, <laughs> yeah, so. founder and uh, chief <laughs> marketing agent. I'm wearing <laughs> all the hats right now. Right? Um, but, you know, I, I, I stumbled across that quote, and it hit me in, in, I thought it was a twofold quote, right? I mean, we're, we're, if you strengthen those in your community, you know, that, that are weaker or that are weakened or in a weakened position, then we're strengthening all those around us, right? Kind of like going back to we're only as strong as our, our weakest link, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So, Football term, look at that. Right, <laughs> so, I mean, if you're, if you're strengthening those around you, then you're making a, a stronger community, you know? And then also just the, you know, str- you know, helping others is just so rewarding. And I think that personally you can rise – by helping others. And when you help those others, it, it gives you a different, you know, not to get too sappy, but I mean, it just gives a little bit more fulfillment in your heart from it, from it being so rewarding. So that was where I was coming from with that quote. Understandable. Okay. Um, so starting during the pandemic isn't the ideal. <laughs> so um, can you tell us some of the challenges you had or some of the challenges that uh, Great Punish had to do to modify themselves to support the community during COVID? Yeah, so, you know, one one way that it wasn't a challenge mm-hmm. was that we were so driven to get this off the ground and get it going. So we were able to just look past some of that stuff and get your head down and keep grinding to get it out, right? Because, um, you know, given the times that we're in, um, we were we were very stressed to get it going and get it going fast. Um, I think one of the biggest problems was the communication through, um, like a lot of it had to go through the North Carolina secretary's office in Raleigh. Well, they were all working from home. So you couldn't just pick up the phone and call somebody and ask them a question about the application or this or that. It would go to their voicemail and then they would call you back or you would have to go to thump, you know, a, a generic email address that really wasn't going to one person. And it was more the communication process of, of getting everything done. Um, same thing with setting up a, a business checking account, you know, to be able to, to move the dollars when we did decide to make donations, mm-hmm. you know, getting all that groundwork done with people working from home just had its own set of challenges. Right. Um, I'd say that was the biggest challenge with it being during a pandemic. Um, but other than that, like I said, I mean, um, we just kept our head down, kept moving, you know, set an agenda every week of things we were going to do and just tried to, you know, have the responsibility to check those boxes off by the next week um, and just holding each other accountable for that. Well, yeah, okay. shout out you and the whole team on that. Y'all got it done. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what are the events and ways people can help the mission of the Gray Foundation? So right now, uh, the, the, the main way that we can have help from people is just through the donations. Um, you know, we, we are in the process of setting up some events, but again, 
that would be another All challenge, right, yeah. right? Yeah. right? So you just <laughs> you just pulled another challenge out of it, right. you know? Because, you know, it, it's tough to, you know, you can't just have a, a dinner somewhere as a fundraiser. Or you can't, you know, you have to get very creative with the events. And, um, you know, that's something that we discussed uh, in our last meeting, and we actually assigned two guys to to that initiative. Okay. Um, but so right now, I mean, just – We've, we've got wristbands for sale and that, you know, that helps us gain a little bit of a profit, but then as well, just, uh, making donations through our website or, uh, we've got a, an, an address where you can mail a check to, um, and, and that's our biggest thing. And right now, uh, I know I've hit on the professional development side of things a good bit, but from the technology standpoint, that's where we've kind of put all of our eggs is in that basket right now okay. because remote learning that that is such a complex issue right now and the more uh the more you dive into it and you know being in education you, you can probably speak to that yeah when you start peeling back the layers of that onion it gets overwhelming very quick hmm. um especially financially when you start finding out how much it costs for you know one kid to have a hot spot at their house and the things that go into that um you know, you're looking at 190 to 200 dollars per household for that to happen. So when you start adding that up, you know, you got to raise a lot yeah. of money real fast just to make yeah. an impact on one school. Yeah. Um, so. I say if uh, any of the listeners want to go a little bit deeper into it, you can Google the digital divide and it talks all about that as far as like the access to technology in certain populations. But I wanted to ask as well, where can people go to get the wristbands and what is the cost? Yeah, so you can go to grayfoundation.org, and we've got a tab there that says wear it, and it's got our wristbands there. We've got three different sizes of wristbands for toddlers, youth, and adults. Okay. Um, and then it's um, $5 a wristband. Oh, no doubt. So um, it's $4 for the, for the wristband and $1 for shipping. So that, that way we're able to make a little bit of a profit off of those, um, and all that goes straight to the, the Gray Foundation General Fund. Um, so, so right now, you know, we, we've donated, uh, we, we purchased, uh, 250 Chromebook cases and, um, we donated half of those to the, uh, Mint Hill middle school. Um, and that was very eye opening. We, we were at the school and, uh, we went into their, into their media center and they had stacked up on tables in there. They had over 200 damaged Chromebooks <laughs> at one middle school in Mecklenburg County. So when you start thinking about that on a larger level, think about how many of them are out there. Right. And some of these um, less fortunate families can't, can't pay to have it repaired. So then it's on the school, the school system to have it repaired. So our thought is, okay, we haven't raised enough money yet to be able to start providing internet access and you know, things like that to these homes. But what we can do is purchase these Chromebooks and donate them and help them protect their device that they already have and you know hopefully keep them on like i said before keep them on the same playing field as the people that can't afford to get it replaced or that can't afford to purchase their own chromebook case to protect it um because we're our, our fear was that that home has a damaged chromebook and now the kids are just out of school mm. and no way because you know you have to think about some homes maybe have one computer and mom or dad's working remotely. So yep. they have to use that. Right, that's right. So, I mean, how are they navigating through this right now? And so 
um, you know, it's important just to keep that keep that thing protected. And, yeah, no and doubt. That's where we were coming from. Sure. No doubt. All right, so we want to kind of transition. Like we talked about a little bit earlier, you are a former athlete, and everybody sitting at this table is a former athlete. We have a track star, two, well, three football players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So former athlete, current practice administrator at Ortho Carolina. Yep. So, of course, we know now you did play football. What position did you play? I played tight end. Tight end? All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would have had the pleasure of knocking you, you out. I was oh, a okay. Guy. Okay. <laughs> Corner. Cross in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Going out of my you know coverage area just to lay you out, you know that's what yeah, I like to do. Yeah, probably taking my knees out. <laughs> no, no, I'll hit you up high. Okay, I'll hit you up high. <laughs> I ain't no ankle biter, man. <laughs> How Bank? about you? Uh, I played linebacker and defensive end, so you know okay. you would have had to meet me across, across the middle <laughs> yeah. of the line. Yeah, I would have. I would have jammed you real quick. Yeah, but, we would have butted heads real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. got friends real quick. Yeah. All right, and then also, so as your current position, what does a normal day at the workplace look like for you? Man, it's a lot. Um, so um, the practice manager, the, our, the way our, our organization is set up is is we wear a lot of hats in the office. So you're helping uh, manage the daily needs of the physicians and the PAs uh, that are in our office. Um, and then you're also kind of the on-site um, HR guy for your office, right? So we have people that we re- reach out to in our corporate office, but you know, locally, like I manage our Gastonia office, um, you know, I, I got to deal with the day to days You're the guy. in the, in You're the, the guy. office, right? <laughs> um, you know, again, locally, you know, kind of spearheading the marketing initiatives for your office. Um, you know, uh, every now and again, dealing with the upset patient that, that is not happy about the way things are going, you know, having those discussions with them and then just being kind of a utility player in the office for, um, you know, the clerical needs, the clinical needs. Um, so you just Swiss Army knife. Yeah, so you're just right, doing right, a, you're right. just doing a lot, you know. <laughs> okay. You know, uh, our research team also let us know that you got another gig that you do uh, includes a striped uniform and a whistle. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> yes, dude. It helps in the day to day office. I promise you that. <laughs> officiating, officiating what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout, out, shout out to Adrian Marks. Uh, he provided us with that. Okay, a partner of yours. Right? Okay, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, man. Hey, you know. Shout out to all the officials out there. I mean, high school and college. So, um, you know, as as former athletes yourselves, um, you know, actually Stephen Knorr, who's on our board, he he officiates with us too. And he and I were just looking for a way to get reconnected with the game without having to dedicate the time of coaching. Mm, um, We did not realize how much time you need to dedicate as an official as well. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, but, But, man, it has been very rewarding to get out there and do that. I mean, I, I miss it so much right now. I mean, the only games we have in the area are the North Carolina private schools are, are playing ball. Um, but I also officiate uh, division two in the South Atlantic conference. Okay. okay. So, you know, locally you got Lenore Ryan, Wingate, Catawba, Limestone, uh, those schools. Um, but man, it, it is, it is a lot of fun to get back out there, oh, yeah. uh, mix it up. You know, the, the the smell comes back to you real quick. <laughs> I know the first time I walked out there for a scrimmage game and I smelt those shoulder pads again, I was like, whoo, I hadn't smelt that in a while. I about uh, to say, y'all should do a, um, maybe one of the charity type things y'all could do is a um, flag football league. Yeah. 
the yeah. Dome. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's not the cleese. Somebody's going to get hit. Yeah. Hammy's going to be feeling bad the next day, though. Hey, if any of you guys ever want to get back involved with the game, it's a great way to – to get involved, uh, to be out there on the field, and uh, and also give back, you know, because when you were playing ball, there was guys out there right. officiating those games for you, um, and it'll make you learn the game from a whole another oh, yeah. angle. I mean, I learned, I thought I knew football, but I know it way better now than I did as a player. You and know? imagine what you can probably coach now, knowing that oh, yeah. you play oh, yeah. a little bit differently, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Um. Back to this post. So you have a Twitter post back in 2014. Oh, yeah. <laughs> back in 2014. Um, it says the best advice you received was to admit when you're wrong and to be quiet when you're right. Um, I'm sure that's the reason why you're happy you're married, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we were at a wedding. Actually, Avery was out there with me, too. We were in Texas. One of my college roommates married a, a Texas girl. Mm-hmm. and her dad gets up at the reception, and I'm talking like true cowboy, <laughs> black tuxedo, Cowboy cut, black cowboy hat, <laughs> Fu Manchu, <laughs> and, you know, just a smaller stature guy. But he grabs a hold of that mic, and he said, I got one piece of advice for the two of y'all. He said, when you're wrong, admit it. When you're right, be quiet. And that joker walked off the stage. I mean, that <laughs> Mike was all drop, Mike drop. Yeah. <laughs> and, man, everybody, we walked around the whole night just repeating that. Core, right? Like, that was so true. And and nobody can do it, right? Yes. I mean, it's when hard. you're right, you want to tell everybody you're right. right. And when you're wrong, you don't ever want to exactly. admit that you're wrong. Exactly. Um, so that's something that's lived on in our in our little group for, for so long, man. Okay. <laughs> Matt, you were an assistant strength coach at Hendrick Motorsports, so uh, I'm sure you're tapped into NASCAR. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about Michael Jordan becoming a new owner? Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Okay. I think it is fantastic. Um, when I first saw that, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I mean, it's expensive to start a NASCAR. I know MJ's got <laughs> He's money. Got it, though, yeah. <laughs> I mean... No, I think it's great. I mean, you know, and obviously you saw they tapped Bubba Wallace as their right. driver too. Mm-hmm. So it seems like they're going to have, you know, uh, you know, they're going to be focusing on a minority driven group, uh, having a, a, you know, a black owner, a black driver, you know, I, I think it's great for the sport. Um, you know, I, there's even a guy, shout out to Dion Rocco Williams. Shout out, shout out. You know, he, he was one of the, one of the first, African-American pit crew members that I knew of. He played football at Lake Forest, and we had him at Hendrick. Um, and I know he's been working with um, some other guys on, like, the NASCAR diversity team. Okay. And they've got, like, an all-African-American pit crew that they're working with. So I think it would be pretty cool to see them pitting his car. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's great. You know? I think it's good. I mean, and, and you know, I've talked with Avery about some stuff as well. Um and he, you know, he and I were talking about how good it would be just for people to feel comfortable going to re- like we were talking about the Confederate flag thing being yeah. removed from the NASCAR events earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Avery was just saying how being a, a, you know, being from Georgia, being from the South, like him and a lot of his family members loved watching races on Sundays. But you know, he didn't think they always felt comfortable going to the racetrack, knowing that there's people there openly displaying that, you know? And so I think they've done a lot uh, for diversity in that sport this year alone. Uh, I think some of it's been long overdue. 
And um, I think it'll be great to see a, a minority owner, um, you know, pushing a, a minority driver and, and just just bringing that into the mix. Right. I, I think it'll be great. I think there'll be a lot of sponsors that want to tie their horse to that cart too. For sure. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. All right. So, sir, what is your favorite restaurant in Gastonia? All right. So it depends on, on what you're trying to eat. All right. So give us a so, list then. So like... <laughs> I know there's some old school barbecue places down there, but okay. mm-hmm. but my, my favorite spot to get some barbecue right now is the Smoke Pit. Okay. It's right off the Cox Road exit, right off 85. They got a couple other locations like in Concord and, and other spots, but that's my favorite spot right there. But if I'm if I'm going out for date night or something like that on a little bit on the fancier side, I'm going to hit Webb's. Webb's, Webb's okay. Custom Kitchen. Okay. What kind of uh, culinary design? Uh, it's more of like a steakhouse. Okay. You know, it's more of a steakhouse environment. But what's cool about that place is it was an old movie theater back in the day, okay. like old oh, school nice. movie theater. So they play like black and white movies on this huge pull down screen behind the kitchen, and the kitchen's like open, so you can see so them can back there in the white coats oh. getting after it. And then they've got an upper deck level two that was you know the the former upper deck seating uh, for the movie theater. And so you can sit up there, you can sit down, and everything kind of faces that that big screen. So it's, it's just a different. Nice. Hey, That's fine. He about to take. <laughs> he about to take wifey out there. Yeah, it's a different environment. You know? That sounds dope yeah. though. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, webs, y'all. Hey. Okay, you heard it. Yeah. yeah. One webs, babe. One webs. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, we got a segment on our show that we like to do. It's called the Top Five Dead or Alive. Okay. And what we need from you is to know what are the five things you learned by starting the Gray Foundation. Yeah. He's going to the notes. Yeah. Going <laughs> to the notes. You guys hit me up with that one, and I wanted to make sure I got it right. So, uh, yeah. um, so man, first off, first off, I just want to say one thing I've learned is there's way more good than bad out there. Like everybody we've talked to, no matter what color their skin is, is on board with the initiative that we got going on. If you can't get behind unity, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, say less. Yeah, we'll just leave it there. You know what I mean? So, so everybody we've talked to um, has been behind our initiative, and so you know, I just think it's important for people with, with as much negativity that's going on in different parts of the other country. There's more. There's way more good than bad out right. there. So I just think that that's one thing I learned through this process. Um, the other thing is fundraising's hard, man. I mean, just because you establish a, a nonprofit 501c3 people aren't just going to show up and start handing over their money you know they're not just going to start stroking checks um you know you got to go out there and you got to earn it you know so um that's another thing that i've learned um the the 501c3 process is tedious that was another thing you know i, I had no idea i had never tried to set up anything like that i'd never tried to set up an llc I never tried to set up a nonprofit. So it was my first stab at all of it. And so just, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, I mean, the applications, it's going to take you more than one day to complete an application. It's going to take, you know, 10 to 14 days for whoever you send it to, to, to get it turned around. And then they got to get it to their boss and then it's got to get approved. I mean, it, it's just, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, Something else we already talked about, but equal access has many layers. Mm. So um, it's got many, many layers. So when, when when you peel back one layer and think you've addressed it, there's another layer right behind it to peel back. Um, 
And that was a little bit daunting for, for me and some of the other guys on our board as we've tried to, to help make an impact is, you know, you almost have to resolve two layers before you can really resolve one. Um, and so just, the, just that that has many layers. And the final thing is, is that giving is so rewarding. I mean, to, to be able to walk through the school and, and hand off, I mean, we've, we've only made one donation, you know, we've only been live for about 11 or 12 weeks. And so we're still very young. Um, but we wanted to make an impact fast. And so we decided to take some of the money we had raised and, and to walk into that school. And, you know, some people I think probably just thought it was a lot of talk and to be able to say like, well, here you go, like give these to the kids that need it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that, like, like we drove out of there that day, just, you know, you know, my heart was so full after doing that, you know, um, that, you know, that, that's just another thing that really hit me hard was how rewarding it can be to give like that. Now listeners, like, I feel like a lot of people want to be on that same path, starting nonprofits and all of that. So I feel like the information you just gave them was very appropriate and in this moment because yeah. you know hopefully after covid people will look at things differently and want to do more for others right. so i i definitely think there will be an uptick in nonprofits getting started after all of this well if there's any listeners that are on that path uh we used legal zoom for everything okay. and it was very seamless i mean they've got all the forms populated for you you fill them out they process it. They send certain things to the different government agencies that need to be sent to for you. Um, if you fill something out improperly, uh, which is bound to happen if you've never done it before, they'll send it back to you. You need to do this before we can turn it in. Um, online, like tech support help was fantastic through them. So again, shout out to LegalZoom. Look, free game, I mean, free game right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and they've got it for everything. LLCs, nonprofits. I mean, you name it. If there's a legal document that you need help with, they they can hook you up. All right, LegalZoom, we need to check next right. time. We promote it for y'all. <laughs> but listeners, you've heard the wise words of Matt Scheme. Sir, please shout out all the social media places where people like us that want to support can, can find you all. Yeah, so right now it's just our, our foundation website is grayfoundation.org. That's gray with an E. And then on Instagram, we've got gray.foundation on Instagram. Um, you know, th those are our only two platforms right now. Yeah. Um, I've kind of hesitated on on Facebook just because yeah, that's the, there's a lot the of toilet bowl right there. Yeah, man. there's a lot of people out there. I don't even know if I want to get involved yeah. with, with comments and and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So I agree. So I we're, we're, we're sticking with that for right now. And uh, if things continue to trend in, in the direction we want it to, we might add some platforms after that. Okay. So y'all heard that great foundation. That's G-R-E-Y. The E is for equality. Big up equality. So good people. You know what time it is. It's time to close this thing out. As always, I am the beloved one. It's your boy, Prada Africa, YBB. Shout out Kamaros. Yes, sir. Banks, Blue Water Banks, Fat Boy Tires. Once again, we appreciate Matt Skeen of the Great Foundation for being here with us. Marlo always behind the camera. There it is. Always. Always. So, Anchor.fm for all streaming platforms, which include Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Audios, and the Visual on YouTube, of course. My favorite, Breaker. <laughs> but 
Rest in peace, Malik Taylor, a.k.a. Fife Dog. Tell your mother, tell your father, send a telegram. We out.